0: of the stars won't be seen tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of The Gen X-Files. Welcome to The Gen X-Files, I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about Friday Friday the 13th.
1: 13th.
0: See, here's the thing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I knew this is the first thing you're going to bring up. I have to, because... I always I know it was written ki 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 ma ma ma, ma. I, it does not sound like that It certainly doesn't all. sound like that. No, it sounds like no.
1: it does it does and it, it's because he repeated it so many times and like yeah that's what it sounds like to me, too. Yeah, so, whatever. He does not like I that. hate this. Let's just stop the <laughs> <you>. show. <laughs> he was very upset about that, and that people did not see his brilliance. Oh, okay. Uh, and i just then had also to get that out of the ripping way. off Psycho. But, you know. <clears> well, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Take us back, Take Adam. yourself back to 1980. On January 29th, the Rubik's Cube makes its international debut at the British Toy and Hobby Fair in oh, London. Man, everybody I knew broke that baby apart.
0: <laughs> Put it back together, and it was like I solved it. I did it. Yeah. Or the jerks that tried to take the, did the stickers, stickers off. Stickers, but that
1: was just it was so, so obvious. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh. why is your yellow square hat sideways? Because uh, like I moved it a lot. So it came. Yeah, March third, the first Showbiz Pizza Place restaurant opens in Kansas City, Missouri. Was that, is that like Chuck E. Cheese? Terrifying, yes, terrifying. It was the original Chuck E. Cheese. Oh. Uh terrifying with a giant animatronic bears and stuff right right Fred, which they thought was a good uh, idea for children <laughs> five nights at freddy's is based on yes, that, that yes video exactly. game about yeah. surviving the animatronic yeah murderers i i went to showbiz quite a bit i remember showbiz uh, i don't think we had showbiz on yeah the west coast we did have chucky yeah, cheese yeah. later but Chuckies i don't think we as had as well. showbiz pizza on may 7th paul guidell Convicted of second-degree murder in 1911, is released from prison in Beacon, New York, after 68 years and 245 days, the longest ever time served by an inmate. He immediately murdered five people. <laughs> as soon as he got out
0: of jail, everybody was like, see, shouldn't let him out. <laughs> 68 years and 20, 245 yeah. days is not enough. He was spry for an old guy. It's crazy. He was I, a lot of pent-up.
1: can't imagine. Like, you literally missed the entire... You missed everything. Well, like, you know crazy. what? Don't murder. That's and true. and you won't miss anything. <laughs> All right, well, good advice. Uh so but I'm sticking by it. He was released just in time for the release of Friday the 13th on May 9th and Uh it made 5.8 million dollars in its opening weekend off of a $550,000 budget. It did very well. Uh it did very well for for itself. Yeah. Uh, Friday the 13th was the brainchild of producer and director Sean S. Cunningham. Uh, he previously worked with filmmaker Wes Craven on the film The Last House on the Left. Nice. Great movie. Cunningham, inspired by John Carpenter's Halloween, wanted to do Friday the 13th. He wanted it to be shocking. Like, he wanted it to be jump scares. I mean, essentially. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I would say, more gross than jump scare. Like, I think they, Tom Savini did a really good job of... Oh yeah. Out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh Victor Miller, uh the writer, lived near Cunningham and they started collaborating on projects together. Uh Cunningham had a uh a, a production company and he hired uh, Victor Miller. To To write the script, uh, which is in question, and I'll get into that later. Mm. Uh, Miller loved the idea of creating a serial killer that was someone's mother who killed for the love of her kid. He said, and I quote, Mrs. Voorhees was the mother I'd always wanted, a mother who
0: would have killed for her kids. <laughs> I
1: can't imagine Victor Miller's mother hearing that and going, yeah, that sounds great, Victor. And that's exactly what Victor Miller sounds yeah, like, does, by the is, way. Yeah, um, It's unfortunate. Uh, it's actually, well, Victor Miller hate will be justified. <laughs> uh, Miller hated the idea of Jason being the killer in the sequels. He said, and I quote,
0: Jason was from the very beginning. with was a victim, not a villain. Yeah. I totally agree with him. Yeah. The reason why the first film is so brilliant is because of the twist at the end. Yeah. Look, they tried a bunch of MacGuffins that were just, they half-assed. Let's just be <laughs> honest. None <laughs> of them really worked because it's like, how the hell? Oh, two Jeeps, the same We'll yeah. get into that, yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, yeah, Jason is a mindless glob of goo, yeah. evil that who's, comes up. with he's like been dead for thirty years. Like, yeah. it didn't make any sense. And here's the thing: he pulls her under. He's a little. He's a little boy. Yeah, he's yeah. a little boy with a gross face. <laughs> But now he's like this big hulking giant. Like, do they explain how he grew into such
1: a, you know? I haven't watched the second movie in a long time. So the second it's one, I think
0: that there's like a, they find like a, he, he lived, apparently, I think he like lived through the drowning, you know, and then lived in some hut or something out in the woods. Of New Jersey.
1: I mean, I mean, it's possible. Given the first movie, it's possible because she never really implies. You know, I mean, she speaks in his voice and like does all this stuff. But she like, says he's dead. I oh, buried does she? my boy. Oh, yeah, that's yeah.
0: True. dead, 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 dead. I do.
1: All right. Well, wow. She even sang it. That's great. If an independent contractor, then he owns the rights to the script. If he's an employee, then he does not write the rights to the script Uh because he wrote it on an you know, you know, employee. If you so work it.
0: for a company and a pharmaceutical company and you create the most successful drug ever made it's, you don't get yeah. rich. The pharmaceutical company gets rich. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they'll give you a bonus or whatever
1: for destroying the country. A couple bucks, couple bucks. <laughs> you know, if you work for somebody, they own your stuff. Uh, I will get into more of this later uh, at the end. Awesome. We talk about everybody it. Yeah. loves legal it's stuff. Not, it's, and... it's simple. It's just <laughs> that just he Victor Miller is the reason why there is no new Friday the 13th stuff since the last like three years. Victor Miller went on to write soap operas. This was a big thing for him. He was nominated for 11 Daytime Emmy Awards. I know. And it was so weird
0: because all of his stories storylines revolved around mothers <laughs> getting revenge on their children <laughs> in, in various degrees not always killing sometimes no. maiming
1: sometimes okay. shaming sometimes sometimes slapping. blaming just little slappy slap sometimes gaming but he, yeah they all he, did. um he did when he won three daytime emmys for all my children uh nice. it's it's just it's weird i don't know the, victor Miller's a weird person I, I,
0: whatever man you don't write the same thing over and over, just because he wrote yeah. one horror movie doesn't mean well, he, yeah. you know. No, no, of and, course, and here's of course. the thing. Soap opera writing <laughs> is kind of similar to, you know, uh, horror movie uh, writing because uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to come up with some crazy coma or conspiracy or some sort of crap for people to go through. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The original screenplay was tentatively titled A Long Night at Camp Blood. Ugh, a long title. <laughs> that was. <laughs> While working on a redraft of the screenplay, Cunningham proposed the title Friday the 13th, but he was worried that the title may have been used for something else. So apparently his logic was to place an, a full page ad with a, a, a the Friday the 13th logo mm-hmm. that he had created before they even finished the script. He put a full page ad in Variety just to see if somebody would try to share it. Sure.
0: And then he then he has documented proof that he came up with it beforehand. Yeah. It's like publishing your LLC, you know, you got to publish I, some, you know, or but, you, you know, or if you're in a lawsuit Sure.
1: You know, you publish in certain yeah, papers yeah, to try yeah. to serve... Dates, but I, but I, like you know, if it was a title that was copywritten, couldn't he have just called the copyright office? I don't know, man. There's no Google back then. You had to be creative. <laughs> it was just a very odd way. But
0: it but he probably smoked dope, man. It's the 70s. He's <laughs> probably on
1: dope. That's true. That's true. Uh, uh, yes, the New York advertising agency came up with that Friday the 13th logo, which he used at the beginning, where it's big block letters bursting through the pane of glass. Sure, and, scary. And, which really, I mean, I guess kind of connects to the story, but like. it Well, here, man. There's one (laughs) reference to it
0: in the movie. Yes, just one. Yes, it's when the the sheriff is driving the camp owner back to the camp. Steve. Yeah. Camp driving Steve back, (laughs) and he says, "Hey, well, Friday the 13th, I in a full mood. Then gonna get weird. Yeah. And it was was, well, and
1: it was Jason's birthday." That was the other thing she said. Yes, it was, Jason's, it was Jason's birthday.
0: birthday. Yeah. A full moon and yeah. Friday the 13th. So uh, a triple
1: whammy. There has to be story. murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, so they finished the script in mid-1979. Uh, the idea of Jason appearing at the end of the film was initially not used in the original script. Uh, in Miller, Miller's final draft, the film ended with Alice merely floating in the lake. Uh, Jason's appearance was actually suggested by makeup designer Tom Savini. Sure. He wanted uh, to, He wanted some more money. You know, put some more makeup on something. <laughs> That's true. We'll put some makeup on that little boy over there. <laughs> we'll throw him in the lake. What? What? <laughs> he, say, he stated the whole reason for the cliffhanger at the end was that he had just seen Carrie, so we thought that we needed a chair jumper like that, and I said, let's bring in Jason. Yeah, uh, big mistake. Yeah. Big mistake, but also, you know... I mean, it, in, a, in a... Okay. Yeah. To me...
0: Story wise, big mistake because it's such a great contained movie. But they did jump a complete franchise off of an added jump scare.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, 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 well, I, for me, it works in the context of the movie because it cuts to her in bed, yeah. and she's like, "It's she, she's obviously gone crazy." You know, it could have been they, just
0: a dream. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, there's
1: yeah. no reality to it. <laughs> Except but, yes. they cut
0: back it, to the lake. Right, you know, and right. then you see then some the bubbles, bubbles or the something, bubbles. so it's like, Swim, what is it? Is it real well. or
1: not real? Make up your mind, Savini. Yes, Sean S. Cunningham didn't care. Sean he just, S. Cunningham. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so after they finished the script, they went to casting. Uh, a New York-based firm was hired to find eight young actors to play the camp's staff members.
0: Now, do you know if this firm was a casting firm mostly for New York soap operas? I'm sure they probably did that a lot. Because uh, a lot of these guys came from the yeah, soap world, like right? half of them came from well, soap Well, because they shot again. in Jersey, so they're not casting out of California. They're no, casting out no. of
1: New York, and everything that was shot in New York at the time was soap operas. Everything in this movie was very New England-based, because both Cunningham and Miller were from Connecticut, and and it was, you know, it's snobbs. all— Yeah, they were snobs. <laughs> Kinetic nuts, if you know what I mean. Uh, Yeah. um, Cunningham admits that he was not looking for quote-unquote great actors, but anyone that was likable and appeared to be a reasonable camp counselor. Well, I think it was—I mean, that makes it sound like he didn't give a crap, but I think—
0: I'm pretty sure he didn't. (laughs) Maybe, but I think it's also, you know, it's it's better to have them— Look like camp counselors, then have these sure. like really, sure. you know, like we talk
1: about the slickies versus the, yeah, the dirties. Yeah, they, yeah, they, is, you know, yeah, more they looked more like just people. You know, I mean, just yeah. wanted to look like normal people. The the actors would need to look good, read the dialogue somewhat well, and work cheap.
0: They were all fine. I yeah, there weren't any fine. stinkers. They were, you know, they were kind of annoying,
1: but they were annoying. In like kids would be annoying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it fits the characters. Yeah, they, I think they works. all did a good job. Uh, Adrian King was cast as Alice. Uh, Alice was actually the role had an open audition as a publicity stunt for the film to get, garner more interest in the film. Uh, they originally wanted Sally Fields, but realized they couldn't afford any name actors. She did show up to the cattle call, though. Oh, she yeah. was like, uh, "I want to give it a shot,"
0: and and, uh, and and they were like, "Okay, you're in." And she's like, "Okay, but I want a million dollars." Man, they were like, said, "Yeah, no, I can't do it, Sally." No, uh,
1: King... and she did uh, smoking the man instead. No, well, they probably paid a lot more. <laughs> King earned the audition because she was friends with someone who worked in the casting office, uh, which also seems to be an ongoing thing with this movie. It's <laughs> an ongoing thing in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, King was actually a child actor. She was in Inherit the Wind in 1965 mm. uh, in the TV movie. After the movie's release, uh, King suffered an aggressive stalker, which prompted her to go into seclusion. After yeah. Inherit the Wind? No, after Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> yes, that's Someone weird. stalked her after. But she did not do any acting work for, like, 20 years, because this stalker was everywhere. Uh, she started doing voice acting and dubbing work in the 90s and still has a pretty good, uh, she does a lot of loop groups and things, and she has actually like, a pretty good career going on now. Nice. She did come back to do some acting, too, in uh, the last, like, ten years. Harry Crosby was cast as Bill. He was the son of Bing Crosby. Nice. Yeah, which is cool. Uh, his he's... sister was on uh, The Next Generation. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's cool.
0: Denise Crosby. Oh, oh, th- I didn't know that was his... I didn't know that was Bing Crosby's mm-hmm. daughter. Wow. I don't know if they're halves or wholes. I don't know the whole situation. Oh. I know Bing Crosby was Sorry. a questionable character. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> but, uh...
1: Yeah, I think, yeah. I didn't know that. I, I love Ben Crosby. I think he's fantastic. Yes. Um, whatever, he's whatever you say. So <laughs> Harry had appeared in a number of movies and TV specials with his dad. He was a singer. Uh, after this movie, he quit acting and became an investment banker and now runs like a $600 million company. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Janine Taylor cast as Marcy. Uh, she made numerous stage appearances before making her film debut in the movie. Uh, she is now a marketing manager for a New York-based magazine. That's too bad, because magazines are <laughs> dying. Yeah. <laughs> Slow and yeah. horrible death. <laughs> Lori Bartram was cast as Brenda. Uh, she appeared in the soap opera Another World, and I only mention this because my mother loved Another World. Nice. It was her favorite So show. she was probably a fan. Yes. Uh, she left the business shortly after the movie was released and became a born-again Christian. It seems to happen
0: uh, with these horror movies, and sometimes with pornographic movies, yeah, is the actors yeah. kind of jump the other way and are, are like, whoa. Yeah. yeah,
1: I got to guess forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. No, no, hundred percent. I, I was the one porn star I've ever known. She long done with her career, but she was super boring and Christian. That well, was Lisa Lovelace too, right? Wasn't she? Didn't she? Before Linda she Lovelace. Died. Linda Lovelace. Yes. Sorry, I, I'm, she I'm, did.
0: I I've never seen a pornography <laughs> film,
1: so I wouldn't know. Yeah, I can tell because you call them a pornography film. I, I don't.
0: I have no idea what pornography films are all about. <laughs> I don't
1: That's just saved for the There's bedroom, the bums. There's bums in them? There's bums, And yeah. naked feet. Uh, hobos. We call them hobos, not bums. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Kevin Bacon was cast as Jack. Uh, Bacon's debut in Animal House in 1978 did not lead to the fame that he had sought. Here's, go Here's what a great actor he is. When I saw Animal House,
0: I used to, like, kind of glom on to actors, and I mm. would want, like, if an actor was a bad guy, but I liked the actor, I'd want him to turn into a good guy in the yeah, movie. Yeah. And so Kevin Bacon, I was like... I liked him, so I wanted him to become a good guy with the... Right. He never did. I think he was like penetrated by a horse or something <laughs> in that movie. I don't remember the ending. He did not have... A, no, he was trampled, I think. He was trampled? Okay. It turned it's into, been a long
1: time since I've seen him. Yeah, I
0: think he was trampled at the, at the parade, and, and his whole body was flat, that's... but his head. It was like a cartoon. <laughs> it was a weirdly, oddly cartoon thing. Anyway, we'll talk about that when we do that movie. But I just remember... Even then, just being like, I like this guy. Who's this guy?
1: Yeah, yeah. He was good. Uh, he, he ended up going back to rating tables in New York. He auditioned for small roles in theater. He briefly worked on the television soap opera Search for Tomorrow and Guiding Light. Uh, and after the movie's release, no one ever heard from him again. Yeah, sad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's... The one thing I do want to point out with Kevin Bacon is that he's a great actor. I love Kevin Bacon, but that man does not know how to dive into a lake. No. He belly flopped. <laughs> he belly flopped
0: hard. Yeah.
1: Idiot. <laughs> Kevin Bacon, how dare you?
0: Uh, I'd he can't the... take an arrow to the neck, though. He can take oh, yeah. an arrow to the neck.
1: Yeah, he can. He very much can. Uh, after and he wore, grass. like,
0: bikini bottoms, too, when he did, yeah. dove into that lake. They put yeah. him in the tiniest little little panties. Is his
1: <laughs> his bathing suit? Uh, him and uh, I, I believe it was uh, Mark Nelson and um, uh, Lori Bartram. I believe they all had been in in uh, the three of them that come that show up in the truck. They had all been in soap operas together. Yeah, probably. Part of the reason they got cast was because they already had chemistry in the the casting agents. Like
0: if you're a New York actor, you're going to be in a soap opera. Yeah. But, and then didn't uh. Mark That's Nelson, funny. was he on uh, Law & Order?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Mark Nelson. Mark Nelson, he actually appeared as four different characters in Law & Order.
0: Well, if you're a New York actor after <laughs> 1987, then you have been on Law & Order at least once.
1: Uh, and he was also on SVU and Criminal Intent. Yeah, of course. They all he come back. On, they all come back. He played back. I six love those different shows. characters yeah. in three different Law & Order yes, shows. Yes, because the it.
0: shows are so long. People don't remember. I've, there's several actors that have been on. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to watch because if you binge watch that thing. <laughs> You get confused because yeah. it's like a guy who'll come on as, as a as a rapist or a child molester or something. And then he's the DA, like <laughs> two seasons later. And it's like, obviously not the same character, but it is the <laughs> same actor. And you're like, well, good for him. Yeah,
1: good for yeah. him. Rehabilitation works, apparently, <laughs> in New York. Uh, he was a, also a prolific stage actor. I, of, of all of them, except for Kevin Bacon, he's had the biggest career, uh, which is great. I really liked him in the movie. So. Who? Uh, Mark Nelson. Mm. Yeah, which one did he play? He was the uh, the goofy one, the uh, uh, the one that like shot the, the arrow. Who actually kind of started the uh, the whole trope of the 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 goofy prankster mm. in the horror movies. Like he was kind of the first one. Okay, but yeah, almost killed some the other girl with the arrow, and then hey, it was great. What you yeah.
0: doing? is oh, like, I'm going to show
1: he, you my real trick. He was about to shoot two
0: arrows at her. <laughs> yeah. Not so fast, funny guy. <laughs>
1: Robbie Morgan was cast as Annie, the first kill, uh, who didn't even make it to Camp Crystal Lake. She was so positive. Poor little Annie. She She was was so excited to cook for all those
0: kids. (laughs) She was real funny, and she was all sassy.
1: I really wanted to see more of her, but... She, uh, the funny thing is that she was in... Never hitchhike, kids. No, don't, don't. It's bad news. She was in the casting office actually auditioning for something else, and the ca- one of the casting directors looked at her and said, you're a camp counselor, and they literally had her on set the next day. Wow. She shot for one day. Did not act against any of the other actors no. like in the truck. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't. It was uh, Tom Savini's assistant actually was in the truck with her, and Tom Savini's assistant chased her in the woods. Well, she was in the store with all yes, the actors, yes, yes, with Enos and all that stuff. But like, uh, it was funny because Betsy Palmer was actually there, who played Mrs. Voorhees. She was there to shoot, but when they said, "Yeah, you got to chase her through the woods," she was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, which makes which is great. Because then they just used that POV camera the entire yeah, time. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Robbie Morgan was great. I I wish she was more in the movie because she was so cute and fun. Very and like seventies like hippie. Yeah. Whatever, man. Yeah. Uh, Peter Brower was Steve Christie, the the owner, uh, part of the family that owned it. Uh, the only reason he got cast was because his girlfriend was an assistant director on the film. Yep. <laughs> That's how it works. And perhaps the biggest get they got was Betsy Palmer, who played Mrs. Voorhees. Uh, they originally wanted Estelle Parsons parsons sorry, mm-hmm. Estelle Parsons—probably uh, best known as Roseanne's mother on the yeah, TV show Roseanne. Great actress, fantastic. Still on. She's on the uh, the new version of it without Roseanne. Right. Uh, Called the Canners. The Canners. Yes. <laughs> she actually turned it down because the part because the violence. She didn't like the violence in the movies. Uh, in the movie, in the script, uh, Shelley Winters was asked to do it and turned it down as well. Surprised, at yeah.
0: that point, Shelley Winters did just about anything. Yeah, but you know, yeah. no, that's not. I mean, anything that had a decent budget. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, they yeah. probably well they probably paying him like a grand a day or something.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. That was part of the reason that Betsy Palmer took the job. Uh, <laughs> she wanted a new car. She literally <laughs> wanted a car that cost ten grand. Her daughter said we need to get a new car and she was paid a thousand dollars a day for I'll her do it. I do it because shooting. I need a new car. And I need <laughs> new dentures. She didn't understand why someone won her for a part in a horror film that she had previously starred in like comedy dramas and westerns and things. Uh, which I mean granted it's a great part. I mean the end, she steals the movie at the end of it. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, it's the, you know, it's... the Yeah, you're right. I mean, every other part is pretty... Pretty
1: bland. Forgettable. (laughs) Yeah. There's nobody that really stands out of all the... I mean, I would read the last 20 pages and be like, this is great. You just went through
0: the entire casting, and besides Kevin Bacon, I had no idea who was who. Yeah. I don't remember who's who. Yeah. The names are so generic. Who cares? They're all wearing
1: jean shorts. (laughs) They're all half naked or naked, and they're all dead, so it doesn't (laughs) matter. There you go. Uh, She... She really, she thought the script was bad. At one point, she went on record saying that she thought the movie was a piece of shit. She wasn't wrong about Uh, the script. (laughs) Since then, she's actually come out and apologized and said, oh, I understand what they were trying to do. Yes. Like, it's not everybody's cup of tea. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into production. Hey, this is uh, Bob Newman, and I just want to say, be charitable,
0: and listen to the Gen X Files with Jim and Adam. It's now on Spotify. If you like uh,
1: spaghetti sauce, try the Rooney.
0: New episodes every Friday. All celebrity voices are poorly impersonated.
1: The film was shot in New Jersey in September of nineteen seventy-nine with a five hundred and fifty thousand dollars budget. New Jersey, Jersey, yeah. 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 Uh, you ever came- been? N- no. Oh. Yeah. I've been to a lot of places in New Jersey.
0: Didn't like any of them. I oh, dated wow. a girl who lived in a one North Orange. I don't know. There's a lot of oranges oh, in Jersey, yeah. and she lived in one of the oranges. Oh. And uh, not want... my cup
1: of tea. No, it's not Jersey. Not my cup of anything. tea. Not no. my thing.
0: Although I did have an amazing Reuben sandwich. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so there's a
1: little bit Club of redeeming qualities yes. in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it the props. I had uh, a good sandwich in Jersey. The camp scenes were shot on a working Boy Scout camp called Camp Noby Bosco. Okay, I hate the way that
0: they name summer camps. Can I just say? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Camp Nobikobisko. I mean, what the hell does that even mean? It's either some ripoff or some bastardization of an Indian word, a Native yeah. American word, or it's one of these like, camp jibbidi jibbidi Babbity boom Come on, I want to lay you. Come on. Mm. Or it's like some <laughs> vaguely racist thing. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I, I yeah. I'm glad that I grew up on the West Coast. I didn't go to sleepaway camps like you weirdos. <laughs> Here's the thing. East Coast parents hate their children. Yeah. Okay? Or they did in the... I mean, they still do, probably. But they yeah. hated them in the 70s. What would happen was they would send their children off to boarding school, and then they would come back and they would say, Oh, Timothy, look at you. You've grown so big in the last few months. Well, tomorrow you're off to summer camp for the next three months. <laughs> Daddy and I have to go to a fundraiser. We have your favorite meal. Juneberry is going to make your favorite <laughs> meal, and she'll tuck you in right before she leaves. toot toot lee dee
1: I can totally see that. The kids being home for literally like six hours, and then they're packed off and trungled away. Daddy and mommy have things to do. They have to go to France.
0: Yeah, And they're not taking the... Nothing worse than having your gross kids along on a good vacation.
1: (laughs) I think they knew how to do it back then. Uh, mm -hmm. Tom Savini was hired to design the film's special effects based upon his work in Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Oh, man. Nobody does practical... Like Savini. He is a genius. Uh, like Marcy's axe wound to the face, mm-hmm. uh, the arrow penetrating Jack's throat, right, and Mrs. Voorhees' decapitation by the machete. And a giant <laughs> man. <laughs> Next time you watch it, take a good look at those hairy, no, arms. Those hairy knuckles she's got. <laughs> well, you know, murder puts hair on you. The funny is thing is, it, it actually might have
0: been her. <laughs> I don't think it was. No. but Sh- uh, electrolysis, baby. Look, here's the thing. Um, yes. Yeah, you you have to make considerations yes. on a low budget yes. film, and if she wouldn't run through the forest, I'm sure she's right. not going to jam her head into some sort of sweater and have blood yeah. spurting yeah. out of her. You know, it's just that's not her. She's a she is an accomplished stage actress, Adam, <laughs> and she was above all of that. So of course they're going to have to. Do the hand thing, but here's the great thing about Savini—the thing that I love about him—it's mm-hmm. not just oh, there's an axe in the face, which looks amazing, or there's an yeah. arrow coming up through the neck, which is super unsettling. He shot blood into his mouth. So it's cool. the teeny things, like yeah. the way they shot it—it it made it look like the axe went into her head. Yeah. you know, yeah, and her moving down, and the way that the it's blood so came good. down, yeah, yeah.
1: and right. with the arrow slowly popping through the neck, it's just. Excruciating! Every time I see the movie, I think the arrow is going to come out further, higher up, and yeah. then it doesn't, and no. I'm like, ah! Oh.
0: I thought it went through both of them. That isn't a later. That's movie. in another movie. Yeah. I get that mixed up because yeah. I, I always get the Kevin Bacon mixed up because there's like there's one where they impale two lovers yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. But so in that little blood spurting up in his neck and, uh. and, and using his actual face yeah. instead of a uh, instead of a yeah yeah a the way that they did yeah. it and then you know having the arms up It's those little touches that make it real. It's those little touches that sell it right. because practical right. effects can be goofy yeah. if, if not done correctly. Right. And whatever budget you got, Savini delivers the goods.
1: Yeah. He's he's a storyteller first. Like yeah. he, he understands, I mean, which is evidenced by the fact that now he directs and God knows he's directed like half of The Walking Dead, but mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. But <laughs> No, he's, look, but man, he's, the guy has yeah. been in
0: the business forever yeah. and as an actor, as a director, as a... Is the granddaddy of prosthetic effects. Yeah. Effects, Adam. <laughs> Practical effects. Tom Savini is a legend. Yeah. And he is an accomplished legend. And he keeps working today because the guy knows his stuff. He knows horror. He yeah. knows how to make gross stuff. He knows how to gross people out. And he knows how to make it real. He The work he does on The Walking Dead, yeah. I
1: haven't seen it in a couple of seasons. I need to catch up. I'm going mm-hmm. three or four seasons behind. Mm-hmm.
0: But that stuff is
1: gross. He does. Yeah. Does a good job, but he he understands how to affect uh, reaction from yeah. the audience. Well, it doesn't. I mean, yes, all of these
0: kills in Friday the Thirteenth stand out. Yeah, but they don't take away from the movie. It's not right. like it's not you just
1: know. that's it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like it's that. yeah, it's a gross, support visceral yeah. moment, but yeah, it serves the story. Right. Uh, so during the filming of the fight sequences between King and Palmer's characters, the, the fight sequence at the end, uh, Palmer suggested rehearsing the scene based on her th- theater training. Yeah. Also, I've done fights and stuff in movies, in yeah. low-budget movies, and you don't really rehearse them every time somebody gets hurt. Yeah. And every time oh, it's Oh, no. no. No, 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 no. <laughs> her, her need to rehearse it makes sense. She's a pro. Uh, she said... I said to Adrian that night, why don't we rehearse this scene? I have to slap you. Because on stage, when you slap somebody, you slap them. Which, just to pause for a second, that's not entirely true. It, <laughs> it kind of is. I don't know. I mean... It's harder to
0: sell it in on stage. It's way harder. Yeah. And I know that most of... Look, I've done it both ways in theater, okay. and mostly... I prefer the slap. I prefer getting slapped. Yeah.
1: It's because it's, you can
0: control it. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. The only well, the worst right. thing is if you I've I've had bad slappers oh, where yeah. they pop you in the ear. Oh. You know, oh. cuz they're bad, they're not looking they're just, Yeah. and they don't re- That's why you have they're to control. If you're going to yeah. take a hit, you got to rehearse the
1: hit because you can do it in a way that it doesn't hurt. Right. You know. While rehearsing, Palmer slapped King in the face and she began crying. She collapsed on the floor crying. Sean, she
0: hit me. I said, well, of course I did. We were rehearsing the scene.
1: And Sean said, no, 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 Betsy. We don't hit people in movies. We miss them. And then I slapped him. And I slapped everybody (laughs) in the crew. And I was a
0: slap, happy, slappy, slappity
1: slaps. (laughs) I I gotta I gotta admit, and I'm sure that Betsy Palmer is a fantastic person. Sure, but she really comes off as not being a very nice person. Okay, yes, yes. I mean, just oh, but Adam. Okay, yeah. let's let's put
0: on uh, let's put on Betsy Palmer's um, <laughs> <Her> orthopedic <laughs> shoes <laughs> uh, for a second. You're an accomplished stage actress, a professional, yeah, who has been She's working very long career. Yes, yep. working with very good directors and very good productions. Yeah. And you're doing this movie because you need a car.
1: (laughs) Literally for the check.
0: So you show up in the Jersey woods with a bunch of goofballs that are half your age. 20-year-olds, yeah. You know, and nobody's professional. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. And, you know, of course you're going to get cranky because it's just like you're not going to. It's going to be hard to connect with anybody yeah. because they're well, all yeah, smoking yeah. grass. Well, and...
1: and she's, you know, she's the villain. Like, they're not, I mean, she's not going to hang out with them right. at lunch. You know, right, and I mean? she doesn't, I mean, I'm sure she didn't, she only really
0: had scenes with Adrian King, so it's not like she's hanging out with the rest That's of true. them.
1: That's true, yeah, because she doesn't, she literally, when you finally see her, she pulls up in the, She like, wasn't like, holding the camera during yeah. those POV scenes in the woods, <laughs> you know? She... Do you think that they just used the same Jeep for Steve and for her? Of oh, course. I yes because they didn't, have, they didn't have two of them i don't think they could have even afforded that jeep it was
0: somebody on the cruise Jeep. Yeah, i'm sure i just have to say this too what lazy lazy macguffins in this movie so lazy it'd be like oh maybe it's that guy but then that guy's like right there so right, there's no right. way he could be that guy and then it's like oh you know maybe oh it's this it, it's that guy's jeep maybe he's picking her up and he it must her. be he must be the killer but he's all the way in the frigging. Yeah, he's not there getting this surprise his support. And we literally
1: just it. saw the jeep not working, <laughs> so it's like yeah, it's know. just it, <laughs> it's much like Crazy Ralph. Uh, they he actually Sean Cunningham debated on cutting that out because he was like, I wanted people to think he was the killer, but I don't know if it was successful. Sean.
0: <laughs> Baby, Sean, nobody <laughs> thinks anybody's the killer. <laughs> nobody thinks anybody in that cast is a, There's nobody where no. I was like, oh, maybe no. it's him or maybe it's her. Well, that's a,
1: there's a great moment with uh, the, I think it's Chad. The, he has the machete and he kills the snake. And then he looks at the machete and I was like, oh. But then they show the POV shot of the killer looking at all of the counselors. Right, and, and, and he like, also didn't look at the machete like, you know, he just kind of looked at the machete. Yeah, well, I think he was. It was realizing the power, you know, and it's like, it w- which is interesting. For like, me, it was like, ugh, I killed a snake with this <laughs> thing. I feel weird."
0: <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there's no menace in any of those
1: gene shorted no goobers. No, they, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Harry Manfredini scored the film. Uh, Hold on, sorry, I just have
0: to acknowledge, <laughs> as I do, that Harry Manfredini is one of my favorite composer names Manfredini <laughs> is he Italian he's the amazing
1: Manfredini I he should I'm have been a magician he's yeah. Italian Manfredini yeah uh
0: Manfredini is Italian for uh Artist who
1: rips off other artists. <laughs> strangely <laughs> enough. Yeah, he, uh, he, the one choice they did make, and maybe it was because Manfredini didn't want to do a lot of work, was that they purposely did not have music except for when the killer was present. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure pro- maybe that cut the budget down. I don't know. Sure, of course it did. Scoring a film, man, because it's you know, you forget
0: that you have to not only score the film, but you have to transfer the yeah to mag stock, and it's just all that stuff costs money, it's expensive, yeah. And it's expensive. the recording costs money, you can't, yeah. You know, the, you laptop worries out there making your movies <laughs> and your TikToks, you don't understand how difficult it was when you had to process everything. Yeah, that's true, that's true. See uh, if you could do your TikToks if you had to process all your film and do your dailies.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I'm so against the TikTokers. It's, I don't know either. Jealous. <laughs> uh, he borrowed the idea of using sound cues as the killer from Jaws. Yeah.
0: Quote, unquote, borrowed. Yeah.
1: And he borrowed the... I borrowed these jewels from this jewelry store last night. Much like he borrowed the entire score of Psycho. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> He's like, hmm, what are some really effective <laughs> horror movie scores that I can... I'm doing my little quoties, Um, quote, homage,
1: unquote. (laughs) I think the ongoing theme with Friday the 13th is that it literally ripped everything off. Yes, but in a great way. I mean, mean, it's still, yes, it's a great movie. Uh, They ripped everything off, but the... Strangely enough, the end result is a, is a unique kind of film. It, it works. Yeah, it totally works. Uh, the director wanted a chorus, but the budget wouldn't allow it. So Manfredini decided to use striking pronunciations, which he actually borrowed from something else he was listening to. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's a borrower. Stri- striking pronunciations are essentially repeating uh, syllables over and over. Yeah, which he did with the ki 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 ma ma ma, yeah. which obviously does not sound like ki 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 ma ma ma. But part of it is because he he did it so much and had so much reverberation on it that it just demolished what he was trying to say.
0: Yeah, and he gets super ticked when people are like, "Ch chi-chi-chi-cha-cha-cha? he's like, "Oh damn it, it's Kiki Mama!" How and he, he literally thinks people are stupid because they can't figure that out. Well, I'm sorry, you rip off artist. You you distorted your crap so it sounds like which is also scarier than Kiki Mama. It works, killer mommy, yeah, killer. Kill, all, kill, him kill him mommy. so many close ups of, of her
1: mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Dentures, I'm thinking. They were big choppers, she, man. She's got some chops. Either that, she had some really good work done.
0: I Chompity know. chomps. White ass chompers, man. She I was, would not put my hand in there. She was fantastic in that movie. Oh, I, definitely. I, I, my, and when she comes up in the Jeep, <laughs> she's like, it's like she walks in from another movie yeah. <laughs> with their little turtleneck sweater hey. and, hi there what's going on here at the camp everybody okay <laughs> sure 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 it's okay I just yeah I really love the okay.
1: it's the I'm not scared of this. (laughs) She just walks inside. Oh, it's so sad. It's so
0: sad that she's dead. Yeah, it's just like, oh, she's a kitschy lady with a short hair and a sweater. It's like,
1: she looks like she came right out of Topanga.
0: (laughs) Topanga (laughs) Canyon (laughs) in California. That's so true.
1: That's so true. So when the movie was done and edited, uh, there was a bidding war uh, over the distribution rights to the film in 1980 between Paramount Pictures, Warner Brothers, and United Artists.
0: They finally realized, because the movie's like, Night of the Living Dead, and mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Halloween—that these movies have an audience. Yeah. So the yeah. the studios are like, "We want in. Let's ruin it. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's acquire this and run it into the ground and ruin it anyway, for everybody." Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Paramount executive Frank Mancuso Sr. recalled, "The minute we saw Friday the Thirteenth, we knew we had a hit." Uh, Paramount ultimately purchased domestic di- distribution rights for Friday the Thirteenth for one and a half million dollars. It was the first independent slasher film to be acquired by a major motion picture studio. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, it was, yeah. it, was it was inevitable. Time. Yeah. Uh, Paramount spent approximately $500,000 in advertisements advertisements for the film and an additional $500,000 when the film began performing well at the box office. And Frank Mancuso Sr. said even after spending a million and a half dollars and a million dollars, essentially two and a half million dollars on the movie, they knew they were going to make money on it. Yeah, of course. I mean... It... The The appetite for horror movies
0: was just growing at that point. They, they yeah. Some of these guys aren't... These guys are dummies. I mean, they can yeah. see where things are turning. So it's well, like, how can uh, yeah. we make a ton of money on this? Well, this
1: is precisely why Sean S. Cunningham was like, I'm going to make this as cheap as possible. Yeah. Because he knew he could get somebody to buy it, and he knew it would make money. Yes. Uh, and it did. It literally made back like almost twice its the money that Paramount made on it in the first weekend. Uh, you know the
0: the... Advertisement sounded like. Coming this summer, <laughs> terror and chills at the campsite, Friday the thirteenth. Oh yeah. See young, attractive camp counselors fight for their lives, as somebody hunts them down one by one on Friday the thirteenth this summer from Paramount.
1: And then, and then it crashes through the glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it goes, ki
0: ki ki ma ma ma.
1: Except it doesn't. <laughs> it goes, Ch-ch-ch-ch. yeah. Uh, the worldwide gross for the film was just shy of $60 million. Damn. Yeah. That was, yeah. They were Honk if you by love uh, <laughs> box office receipts. <laughs> of the 17 films distributed by Paramount in 1980, only Airplane returned more profits.
0: Oh, yeah. I love that movie.
1: Yeah, Uh, not factoring in international sales or the crossover film with A Nightmare on Elm Street's Freddy Krueger, the original Friday the 13th is the highest grossing film in the franchise. And the best. And the best. There are some good ones peppered in there. We will. Yeah, we'll talk about those. Uh, The movie was severely panned by the critics. (sighs) I just included some of these because I think the quotes are really funny. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, too. These, these, these old... (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) These film reviewers... Are snobs Yes. and dicks. Yes. And they don't get what kids like. Yes. They don't get what's fun and entertaining or goofy about this. They just see it let's let's hear these
1: okay. quotes okay. from these critics. <sighs> Lou Cedrone of the Baltimore Evening Sun said It's a shamelessly bad film, but then Cunningham knows this. This is sad. <laughs> I just love the fact that he literally wrote, This is sad. <laughs> like, what, really? But perhaps an even bigger critic and dick, Gene Siskel, who called Cunningham one of the most despicable characters ever to infest in the movie business. He also published the address for Charles Bludhorn, the chairman of the board of Gulf and Western, which owned Paramount. What? As well as Betsy Palmer's home city, and encouraged fellow detractors to write to them and express their contempt for the film. To the actor? To the actor, yes, the actor. This is how much Gene Siskel was a dick. Gene Siskel, God rest his soul, was an asshole. That is, and he also ruined the movie. The worst thing is that he gave away the ending of of the movie. I am sorry, man. In his review,
0: f that guy, death, s f him. And this is the thing: you don't realize how popular. Gene Siskel was, oh, he was in huge. the day. Yeah. Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. Yeah. They had their at the movies PBS show that mm-hmm. was hugely successful, but they were both film snobs. Yeah. You know, fine. They e-
1: they were good reviewers,
0: yeah. great writers. Ebert, I think Ebert
1: didn't like the movie either, but he wasn't a dick about it. No. F you, man. That's you're you're scrolling with people's
0: livelihoods. That's dangerous. Not, it's, it's not the actress's fault. There were like fifty people that worked on this movie. They were all Betsy making money off. She wanted a this. friggin' car, Gene. Yeah. She just did it for an Oldsmobile.
1: Okay? God, it just is such a dick move. Whoa, I am so incensed. <laughs> Friday the thirteenth has spawned 10 sequels, Ugh. including a crossover film with a nightmare on the street villain, Freddy Krueger. Uh, Friday the 13th, part two, introduced Jason Voorhees, the son. Uh, two is of fun. Mrs. Two I like. Yeah. Okay. Two is good. Yeah.
0: Jason wasn't just this bullet sponge, mindless goon at that no, point. No, He didn't even have the hoggy mask. He had no, like he a had burlap a, sack yeah, that was even with more frightening. one eye yeah, cut out. which oh, is so sh-
1: much more frightening. Scary as hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 From yeah. Jersey. Hey, it's a Jason This Jay-Z is devil. actually, this is why he never talked because that's how he
0: hey, sounds. Hey, I'm Jason Voorhees. I'm, I'm going to come i get yeah. you. I got my, go- oh, I got my machete and I'm going to machete. Oh, yeah. You like dancing? Oh, I like going to the discotheque. Oh, I'm <laughs> going to the go-go. My mama's dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So basically, he comes back for revenge for revenge. Exactly. It's like a double revenge whammy dammy. Uh, He was the uh, primary antagonist for all of the remaining sequels, with the exception of the fifth movie. Yes, which was interesting. Most of the sequels were filmed on larger budgets than the original, even though the original made more money than all of them. Yes. Uh, For comparison, Friday the 13th had a budget of $550,000, while the first sequel was given a budget of $1.25 million. And Freddy vs. Jason had the largest budget, the last movie to be released, at $30 million.
0: I've said this all through our wonderful month of awesome horror movies (laughs) is that less is more. Yeah. Low budget horror movies are always better than big budget horror movies without exception. Yeah. Except for Psycho. But I don't even call Psycho a horror movie. I think Psycho is more of a a, a, psychological thriller. But every time, man, this is what happens. Hellraiser. Yeah. Halloween. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Hills Have Eyes. The Hills Have Eyes. All of these great, great people under the stairs. Yeah, yeah. All of these amazing 80s, 70s horror movies that were made for nothing by these pioneers who just wanted to make a movie, do something. You know, these are these dirty, grubby collaborations where right. people bleed, and sweat, and cry, and, yeah. and and risk everything to and make you, it happen. And you don't know if it's going to work or not. No, yeah. and all on like a script that's like, you know, <laughs> it's not like you're gone <laughs> with the wind. No, it's no, it's no. such a... I really have an affinity for horror filmmakers, especially these indie guys. I love really great films, and I love independent film, but there's something about making a horror movie that is risky yep. and dirty and just fun. You have to figure out stuff, man. you got to yeah. figure out. A, it is not easy to scare people. You need a really good group of people. You need... Game actors, mm. you need a decent director who has a vision for this thing. You need a writer who is malleable because yeah. you don't want to always <laughs> use this dialogue. You need uh, an editor. Yeah, yeah. You need a great editor. That's... And you need some good yeah. sound. And you need a good effects guy. But, you know, for every one of these movies... Right. There's a thousand, yeah. you know, yeah. crappers. Oh,
1: my God, bad, yeah. Uh, all of the sequels repeated the premise of the original, so the filmmakers made tweaks to provide freshness. Yeah. Uh, like, part three was filmed in 3D. Uh, it also introduced the hockey mask.
0: It was so bad, the 3D. It was like the Jaws 3D. It was Ugh. back when yeah. this there was a small resurgence of horrible 3D in the 80s Yeah, that, thank God, they got rid of after, like, a year, because it was just bad. We're talking like the blue, yeah,
1: and red blue glasses, and red, yeah, yeah, which is bad, yeah. These are all really pretty much forgettable. The, oh my god, the, Jason Takes Manhattan is so he like he punches the head off somebody. He he literally, he, I think he walks from New Jersey to Manhattan underwater or something. Oh, I thought particular. he swam through the Panama Canal. <laughs> Who knows? It's so bad. The only interesting thing about the first eight is that... I said the only interesting thing. The interesting thing about the eight is that they released one of these every year for eight years. Sure. Cash cow, baby. Yeah. They didn't care about quality, that's for sure. Uh, and then after Jason Takes Manhattan, they took a hiatus because they realized how bad the series had gotten. They had run it into the ground. I yeah. mean, Jason
0: Takes Manhattan is a huge punchline. Yeah. It's a, you know, people it's use just, it as a yeah. joke constantly because it should be. It's
1: yeah. garbage. It is bad. Uh, Jason goes to hell. The final Friday came out in 1993. We wish they tried to <laughs> they tried to to end the series, but then in 2002 they did Jason X. Uh, another crap. It was which in space. The only yeah, it's set in the future. Yeah, uh,
0: he's okay. I I've seen all of these movies because I like to torture myself. Jason in space, man. Like, I don't remember how they thaw him out or something.
1: And it's just Alien, but yeah, instead of ship. Alien, yeah. it's Jason. Yeah. The only thing I really liked about Jason X was when he grabs, it's in the hologram thing, and he grabs one of the campers inside the sleeping bag <laughs> yeah. and then uses it as a club to kill the other camper. Yeah. And then he bashes it against a tree, and it's like, oh, that was, it, was, it was fun. Yeah. Um, and then the next year, they did Jason versus Freddy, which and was that fun. was it. It was fun. I mean, it wasn't great. But it was fun to see those two
0: guys fight, and yeah. and Robert England is he's the king. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. all these other guys. They you know it doesn't matter. They're lumbering, bumbering bloobs. It could be anybody. But uh, but Freddie, man, without yeah. And it in the remake goes to show. I, I'm sorry. I, I what's yeah. his name? Uh, um, uh, bad news bears kid. The bad news bears kid. I can't think of his name. Uh, jibby jabby jibby. Yeah, A great actor. It just didn't it just, work. What well, didn't yeah. work because you can't take it too serious. The thing about oh. horror movies is this is the line, man. The line between campy and seriousness. If you go for campy, it's going to suck. Yeah. It's got to be campy on its own. Friday the 13th is campy on yeah. its own. Right. They're not trying for camp. Right. And right. if you go too serious, it's not fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then it's just like... A drudge of murders and sadness. And it's like, wait, you know, where's the glee? Where's the fun?
1: Hormones need to be fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the camp needs to be earned. And it just happens, man. Camp happens because it's a dumb story. (laughs) And the
1: way it comes together makes it campy. Yeah. If you try to make a campy film, you're going to fail. Perfect example, 2009, when they did the remake was directed by Marcus Nispel, oh, the same guy who directed the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre Didn't remake. Learner, listen. And it it is literally everything you just said. Yeah. It takes itself too seriously and it's so. just a trudge.
0: It's the same thing with the Halloween remake. The okay, the stuff that uh uh Rob Zombie Rob Zombie did is really interesting. Yeah. I like his yeah. stuff because he's an interesting filmmaker and he loves the genre. Yeah, And he is a definite fan and he's a fan of the character, and he's a fan of the story. So his stuff, I enjoyed. Yeah. The other remake with the Supernatural kid, the kid from Supernatural, I forget which, which one. Because they I, were yeah. both in, I, both those yeah. Supernatural guys started doing some horror movies in the, in the late aughts. But I think, uh, it wasn't Pilecki, Jared Pilecki, it was the other one. But uh, yeah. um, it's the same thing takes itself too seriously, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't have any of the oomph of the original. The original is a, a mother going on a killing spree because she loses her mind yeah. from her child dying 20 years ago. 20 plus years, yeah. 59 yeah. that kid died. Yeah. You know? 57. 57 that kid yeah. died. Yeah. So that's like 30 years.
1: Yeah. No, it was in 87. No it, was... <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't 87. It was 22 years. He died in 57. Yeah, and that's then... a lot of rage to hold on
0: to, man. I mean, she
1: did other stuff during the time, like she poisoned the lake or something, and then she uh, there was something wrong with the well, water. Well, she did what she could to stop um, it. Yeah. To stop the... Stop them from trying to bring more camp counselors. Yeah. Sure. She just couldn't bear it. baby. <laughs> the baby's in that lake. Uh, so because of the aforementioned lawsuit over the first movie, no new Friday the 13th material can be produced... Uh, How long has this lawsuit been going on? Three years. Jeez. And then what's the end and part game? of the problem is that they they argued it and the three judges that saw the case it was right before the pandemic happened oh. and since then one of the judges has died. Uh oh. And it has been like sixteen or eighteen. Chase Jason months kill him. Yet. It's possible. <laughs> um, but they they haven't the they just haven't released the verdict yet. So like it, literally everything's just in limbo. And whether or not... Or what can
0: happen? What are the two so, outcomes?
1: at the end of the day... Adam, is, our, uh, Adam just... is a lawyer, by <laughs> the way. I just
0: want to make sure that you guys know that he's an wow. Esquire.
1: They, they have an embargo, essentially, that no new stuff can be made, because it essentially comes down to who's going to get paid. Right. Because I don't think that Victor Miller has been paid for any of the movies. Like, he gets a, a character created by credit. Right. But, but is like, this
0: because of the... He, he works for them or he doesn't work for them. Yes. Situation? yes. It was okay. whether
1: or not he was considered to be an employee for Sean Cunningham. Sean Cunningham says uh, my company hired you to write this. And Victor Miller says, I wrote the script as a partnership. Right. Meaning I, I didn't work for you after this. Oh, man. So this is yeah. why people get your ducks in a row. Yeah. Get your, get your stuff together. Sign contracts.
0: Contracts. I have been in so many different problems because yeah. you don't, Either sign the contract or get a copy of the contract because yeah. it's a buddy. I'm owed thousands of dollars, oh, yeah. Adam. Yeah. Thousands of dollars oh, I know. <laughs> because I trusted people who were f- – I'm doing the quotes again. Yeah. <laughs> Friends. Yeah, yeah. Don't trust anybody. Money makes people assholes. Uh, success makes people jerks. Right, right. People are going to try – it's so sad. It's so so sad when this kind of stuff happens because yeah, Gene Siskel whatever, you make something that is in the Zeitgeist, man. You yeah. make something yeah. that that spawned that helped spawn an entire genre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and a genre unto, unto yourself or a movie that lasted yeah. 20 years of yeah. sequels, you know. And and it just comes down to money and bitterness yeah. and this kind of stuff yeah. and I get it, man. That guy should be rich. He created this stuff. And he, you know, I'm on his side. But it's just it sucks when it gets to that because there is enough money to go around on these things.
1: That is what kills me. There is plenty of money.
0: You're depriving the fans. Yeah. You know. Maybe hopefully the last thing that they did with this franchise was this video game, which was kind of fun. It was fun to play. You know, it's Uh, in in concept, it's amazing because you play either as camp counselors Mm -hmm. or one of you is Jason. Yeah. Yeah. And so it has the whole. It has the great music. Yeah, it's got the yeah. locations. It feels. Very yeah, much you like gotta a movie, like try yeah. to escape Jason, but he's gonna pop up, and he and I the do. kills are cool. So there's cool <laughs> stuff to it. In theory, it's cool, but you know, you get ten strangers together, it's a mess. Yeah, playing yeah. with young people. I love. Yeah, <laughs> Adam and I are avid gamers. We just yeah. updated to PS5s. Yeah. So happy about that. Sorry if anybody's jelly gel, but we got them. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, yeah, we love playing online. We love playing games. But it's just, you know, yeah, that's the kind of thing, too. You, you're at the mercy of strangers. So that's what we have so far is this game. Right. Which, I, quite I frankly, don't... even though it's not that great, is one of the best things in uh, yes. the franchise. Since the first movie. <laughs> yes. I want to see what's next. You want to see something new? I don't want any more Friday the 13th movies. Okay. I don't want any more Halloween movies or Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacres. Stop, stop digging in that yeah, well. VHS. Like, that VHS, mm-hmm. those guys are I like what they're doing. Yeah. You yeah. know, they have a new one coming out, like VHS 94 or something, which I'm really excited sure, for. And it's sure. the first time I don't really get excited for horror flicks anymore. Yeah. I We'll talk about this more on the stepdad show, but I was a scared little scaredy when I was a little kid. So scared. And then when I discovered horror movies, it was a way to channel that fear and get rid right. of it. Right. And... I love them. I love them. So the, the horror movies were great up until about uh, the mid-80s, towards the end of the yeah. 80s, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. And then you got Scream, which was a nice renaissance, right? Yeah, that yeah. was something new. But it was also Wes Craven. Of course. Wes Craven, yeah. a master. We're, we, you it know, was, when it, we do our yeah. show about him, he is the master of horror. But it's like... He created
1: something new. We need
0: something new.
1: What's next? Well, there's, there's some like Robert Eggers is really good. Uh, like he did The Witch and and Lighthouse. Like there's some newer directors that I'm excited about. Or okay. like the guy who did uh, Midsummer. You know, okay. and, I never, I did not see that. I've, I've I kind of should see Midsummer. I, I'll, I'll watch. I've been, I've been wanting. I've been circling that one for yeah. a
0: while. But I'm also really gun shy about horror movies. Like I watched, yeah. like we talked about, Malignant. Watch that was completely disappointing. I mean, it's not yeah. scary. No. No. A, a twist isn't scary. No. A twist isn't a horror movie. A twist doesn't give me dread. A twist doesn't make me care about the characters. Or, right. You know, it's goofy and dumb and whatever <laughs> that these kids were on Friday the 13th. I cared about them. They were fun to hang yeah. out with. Yeah. You know, and again, it's shot in a way that is cinema verite. The the point of view camera that's used in horror movies to ad nauseum in the eighties, yeah. but that's what adds to the dread and the fear. Somebody's right. watching you. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the, and the more creepy, the better, because it's that voyeur aspect of like, we know we're yeah. the, we're the killer. But we man. are the killer. We're yeah. the killer watching yeah. these people skinny dip or whatever. Right. You right. know, right. and Spine. it's, it, yeah, yeah it's, that's what makes you feel gross is you're like, Ooh, yeah, I'm him. <laughs> I don't mean to be like an old rampy pampy about this, <laughs> but honestly, I think, True horror fans would agree with me yeah. that there's something a lot scarier about something dirty than something slick because you know yeah. something slick just make believe but this other stuff
1: you feel like you're watching something you shouldn't Exactly exactly and it's yeah we'll talk about more on the step dead show but I have a lot of opinions about why the modern horror movies are not as good as they used to be Yes um, and I think it really comes down to lazy marketers <clears throat> Lazy writers, lazy yeah. marketers, lazy directors. It's much easier to market a movie that everybody already knows. It's also easier to market a gimmick than to market a movie. Yeah. You know? If it's something new, you got to figure out how to market it properly, and they just don't want to do that. Mm. Yeah, it's, we'll yeah. see.
0: I don't yeah. know. I have hope. There's would say. Hey, mean, look. Horror's future is in independent cinema. Horror has always been at the heart of independent cinema. Yeah. Oh, and the yeah. best horror has always been independent
1: cinema. Agreed. Hundred percent agree. There you go. There's your lesson, you old bastards. <laughs> that is our time for the day. Uh, <laughs> go watch Friday the Thirteenth again. It's great. Do
0: it. Oh, and we're going to mix it up, man. You yeah. usually end the month with our for the stepdad shows, right. but we're going to because it's Halloween. Actually, Halloween uh, on on our last. Yeah, it's yeah, like the 29th. So what we're going to do is we're going to have our stepdad show next week, and then we're going to end out the month with Halloween. Yeah, cover the the granddaddy, the big
1: daddy. <laughs>
0: this is the okay. Because finally they realized after Night of the Living Dead and after uh, Halloween and Texas Chansom. Texas Chansom. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming, Charlie's Angels, already in progress.